we've all been matching weed and music right for a long time oh my time. god seriously and so that's like the that's the i think that's the, my favorite part about it is that weed and music go like this mm-hmm. and i almost feel like even when you're going to like government hearings and everyone's looking at you and they're all mad and the supervisor <laughs> like come on dude like weed and music go like this and like all right yeah, he's got a, he's got a good point this is lit and lucid your after work de-stress smoke sesh podcast i'm your host lit and i'm your host lucid and we're going to take you on a journey A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy cozy in the the lit and lucid lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. Today, we have Peter Hewson. He is the chief of operations with Backbone out of California. They're a seed-to-sell software that helps with compliance. So we're going to learn a lot more about that, as well as Peter's background. He's doing some really fun things with consumer experiences in the cannabis industry. So we're excited to dive into that. You know, we tackled 2020, and we're here in 2021, so hopefully some really exciting things on the horizon in terms of events uh but i guess we're we're here to see uh so with that what's up peter how's it going thanks for having me totally yeah in 2021 i think we're all looking up to like big changes (laughs) i think 2021 is supposed to be living up to the year i think all of us thought we were going to have in 2020 so uh, we're all having to like reinvent and go back and figure out you know what what can we do what can we get away with you know what's it going to look like um but, you know, just to start, you know, I think cannabis helped to get, helped us get through 2020 without a doubt. Uh, so I have to ask you, Peter, are you a cannabis consumer yourself? I have been um, consuming since I was 16 to balance the uh, balance the wild ideas that are popping in my head all the time. So ground, in a very grounding standpoint, absolutely. It's been, uh, I'll say, medicine for a long time, 20 years of my life now. That a boy. So you're like a you're like a seasoned vet at this point. Yeah, uh, I can tell you. Definitely didn't think on the flip side of it all, I'd be actually uh, like building and modeling it in computers. Um, but you know, if it helps you uh, solve that math problem after you've looked at it for a long time and come back to it and figure it out, I'm sure, right? That's funny. Yeah, you have a really interesting background. I know you contracted with NASA. You've got a really cool master's and PhD. And it's interesting how that all led you now to cannabis. Yeah, it's a wild ride. But I tell you that, you know, um, you know, I put it this way. In high school, I quickly realized that you wanted I try to schedule my math and science classes first and second period so I can do my thing the rest of the day, if you will. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I think, you know, just was good at math and science, continued through college. Um, I had the privilege of living in Isla Vista, California for my undergrad and then Pacific Beach for my graduate. So definitely yeah, very calm, calm areas, um, but very exciting areas as well. And, and definitely highly social. And really, uh, even back at those days, we had been throwing parties like young. We were young promoters. I mean, I remember how we had Grizz. 10 oh, years nice. ago, sleeping on our uh, couch um, for a show <laughs> that we did in San Francisco. So we'd been pushing kind of the limit, especially on the uh, electronic side. We all grew up going to a festival called Reggae on the River up in uh, Humboldt County. Cool. And so that was kind of 
for a bunch of uh yeah bay area kids that was our getaway where us and the jamaican real kind of hardcore jamaican scene would all intertwine um and have a beautiful weekend on the river and so i when i was we, we really it was very odd but we really loved jamaican dance hall so like even in the dorms i remember being in uh, uc santa barbara and just like blasting like hardcore dance hall at all of these kids and everyone's like <laughs> who, who are you and what are you guys doing here um <laughs> But yeah, we just love, you know, putting parties on at the same time, getting getting work done. So I got my PhD. I went down to San Diego, got my PhD in structural engineering. Uh, we we it's all solid mechanics of the way that the universe works in multi dimensions and trying to model that in a computer. And so that was an interesting journey. Um, the Department of Defense, I don't know if you guys are aware, but during the Cold War, we stacked a giant nuclear arsenal very quickly to try to beat the Russians. Right. Oh, yeah. um, so. Uh, luckily for me, around when I was looking for grad school, they said, hey, we'd like to give a scholarship to someone to go look at the welds of our nuclear arsenal from the Cold War and make sure that everything's OK. I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went down to Los Alamos, did some work there, um, nice. understood, and um, everything looks fine. For the- <laughs> everything <laughs> so seems good. I think Happy to okay. report. <laughs> uh, in, in classic our way, we've overbuilt everything and overdesigned it. Um, so, yeah, we're fine uh, on that front. And then I started to work on finite element analysis, which is, again, modeling 3D structures for bombs. And um, when they're released on a target, um, when you go out to the desert and you blow something up, you don't really get to know how it failed. It's kind of like it either exploded and failed or it didn't because it's a huge fireball. So we had this blast simulator. So literally we'd bl- at UC San Diego, we'd hit things at the same velocity that a bomb does, but we could visualize it um, with phantom camera so that we could iterate on those designs over and over again and then when we felt we had the right design then go out into the desert and blow it up um so I, the reason i'm telling you all of that because i sort of got it all tied together at least for me it makes helps me tie it together i love talking um, about this stuff this. i'm like geeking out so many questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's it's right it's just kind of trying to understand and like model the way the world works in a weird really nerdy way but yeah, you say it's so I simple after i got my in my postdoc it's not really pleasant dinner conversation to talking about blowing things up and weapons and all of those things so i think i was like well okay check that box now i'm gonna do a 180 or however for i can go throw the biggest party that i can in the woods in humble <laughs> so that's kind of where we did and then we went up there we started northern nights music festival the thing was the reggae on the river stopped so we were like hey like i just graduated like where's my party like yeah. where's the, where's what we always used to do so we just went back up there kind of went into the lion's den no reggae pun intended um to get up there and kind of restart kind of what was there and it's interesting right is that air that region from a cannabis perspective is really well well established for many many years but before legalization the you couldn't go out into the community and talk about what you did right it was very hush hush and so these festivals were the place where you could identify yourself as part of the community and say, well, I'm the vendor coordinator of Reggae on the River. And that was who you were mm-hmm. to the community. Everyone knew everyone else was doing other things. So when that stopped, it was everyone was kind of displaced in that kind of sense of identity. And so Northern Knights, it took them a year or two. I think they had to make sure we weren't cops or something. <laughs> um, but I think by kind of year two or three, a lot of the local growers um, and a lot of the local, and they said, hey, Peter, like you're getting these dual permits in two counties you know, the politicians, you know, the board, you know, the cops and you're getting permits and legalization is coming and you help us get our permits. I was like, sounds interesting. Sure. 
like yeah. investigate. So started investigating. And as any consultant who starts early in cannabis will tell you, somehow you end up becoming a business and operator uh, <laughs> and helping them like sign up for QuickBooks, even not really in the beginning, but uh, you know, some becoming a water consultant, right. <laughs> on like trying to like fight fish and wildlife on like, like huge issues. Like who's, has rights to this water based on the slope of where the spring is and how closely it is from the river. It's like, like oh mind boggling, but at the same time, a little bit logical and kind of walking through those steps. And it's pretty wild. Like if you think about what's happened here in can in California with water, like there's no other industry with the amount of lobbyists that big ag wine and everybody has would allow someone to come into your place and say, Actually, that well that you was deeded to you by your parents and your grandfather and everyone else, you don't own that water anymore. We do. Yeah, oh right. Yeah. Right. But what happened in cannabis is that we didn't have lobbying groups yet. We didn't have that kind of power. So what did they do? Fish and wildlife and all? They just took advantage of it. Yeah. And Big Ag didn't pay attention. And so what they did is they slid in regulations. Now, all of a sudden, guess what? All of these water rights, all of this reporting that cannabis is so strict on. Well, guess who's next? Right. And it's already happening on the wine. And the other industries right now. So that lesson for somebody in the world on that one is be careful, um, right? Who you let into these conversations and take advantage yeah. of. And anyway, sorry, that was I digress on that one. Um, but yeah, so we started Northern Knights again back in that time. There was this concept of a 215 zone, uh, which essentially was, you know, I think you guys all you guys Colorado, right? We've all been through yeah. the wrecks. Mm-hmm. We've all had those uh, oh, yeah. meetings in the back office with someone in the Caribbean um, <laughs> um, telling you that well, I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> yeah. um, 215 zones, right? That was a classic thing up there, right? And it was kind of this, uh, especially up there, right? It was a definitely, I would say, I'm not going to call anybody out, but it was it was understood, if you will, right? Oh, You've got yeah. the Emerald Cup back in the yep. day as well. I was just thinking right? of the Emerald Cup. And so these were just, they were trading areas that you were allowed to do a lot of things and everyone seemed to be okay with it. It was for medical purposes and whatnot. So we tested that out on Northern Nights. Uh, I think it was 2016. We had a 215 zone. We had a doctor. We had a few brands who were willing to kind of try it out. Um, and we started to just get the kind of the flavor of everything, right? Where do you park vehicles security-wise, right? Yep. Uh, all of those type of things. Emerald Cup was doing their thing as well, so we kind of stayed close. Then in 2000 and I believe it was 2016 when they rolled out the regulations here in California. Um, they mentioned this concept of cannabis events, right? And cannabis temporary events, they said, well, we're going to allow them at fairgrounds. Why are we going to allow fairgrounds? Well, they're state owned fairgrounds. So we're just going to, we control those. We're not mm-hmm. going to overstep any boundaries. Let's just go ahead and allow them at fairgrounds with some light regulations some understanding but it has to fit the mold of the regular rest of the license structure so actually like pretty ballsy if you ask me for california just say sure let's try this yeah, it's pretty cool that they did that yeah. right? at the fairgrounds all <laughs> right um and so we got a little bit of taste of that but it was very immediately like man like great for the fairgrounds but there's these beautiful venues that are yeah. all privately owned and these beautiful like outside it's not the lands, same Coachella, experience northern nights like all of these beautiful places, even just like for farmers markets, right? Like all of these like cannabis farmers markets where people can just do things locally. Mm-hmm. Like this was basically, they didn't include any of that because all had to be in a fairground. So that's where, uh, you know, I met 
well, I've known them for a while. Martin Kaufman and Salwa, they're kind of, I would say, legends here in California. They helped take Bloom Dispensary and one of the first to take any company public in Canada. Karatech, I think, was what, who they sold to there. But they've been deep oh, yeah. in this industry for a long time. And they've also been uh, very close with the folks um, at Outside Land. Um, oh, yeah. Another planet. I'll tell you what, you do not get in Northern California music and cannabis culture without thinking of Bill Graham and the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Uh, that is <laughs> fundamental to everything, all the way up to the hog farm in Laytonville. What do you think that was? Just the people from the Grateful Dead that never went home. Yeah. <laughs> right? <Nice. laughs> Like, it's real that's great, like he yeah. did something magical in california and with yeah. the dead and they, it's a very cold fall on the east coast fish um yep. but you know so that was really uh at that time we outside lens really wanted to kind of push this through we really wanted to push it through uh we'd of course been working with the emerald cup at that time we had also um partnered with corn capshaw and red light management um who of course corn was uh dave matthews manager then yeah. he got fish sober and when you think about the big giants in, in production, you've got AEG, you've got yep. um, Live Nation, and then there is Corin Capshaw. That's uh, why. So he keeps wow. things really private. It's, he keeps things, it's just, it's, he takes care of his artists, um, right? It doesn't let like uh, promoters and uh, the agents um, try to say, oh, I'm going to go go above you and talk to Corin. He's like, no, man, I let my agents be what they're supposed to be. I let my managers be in they're in control of their artists. And a lot of artists like to go to them because the managers still retain control of what they can do. Yeah. And so anyway, um, right. So you got the Emerald cup outside lands and little us uh, Northern nights out in the woods. And so we uh, saw myself um, and we pushed really hard for this and Martin on a bill called AB 2020, which was the bill that allowed cannabis events to happen outside of fairgrounds. That is so cool. That's awesome. That was kind of, so we, we pushed hard on that. There was a lot of negotiation. You had to have reg, local, and very early on, it, they said you had to have local approval. So at that point, it was in my ear. And so I told both Humble and Mendocino, hey guys, like in your next iteration of your bills, maybe include something about cannabis events. Um, yeah. So got ahead of that. And San Francisco was also getting their ordinance in place um, on the outside lands front. This is all 2019. Um, but you know, that whole lobbying about cannabis events, right? It gets very, very tricky, especially when you talk to the media and the press too, right? Because yeah. it's uh, like, so classically, you've got beer gardens, right? Yep. And in certain, even in general festival world, where they say, you know, can you have beer outside a festival and where? And, you know, the answer is typically it's a festival. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of things that happen at a festival. And, you know, it's yeah. just this weird right. kind of, everyone says, Everyone's happy, like leave them alone, right? Yeah. Like it's just an odd kind of thing that everyone just is okay with. As long as you have medical support, right. security, and everyone's safe, right? That's fundamental what this is all about. So when you start to introduce and well, I want to put a weed garden over there too. <laughs> right. And it's like, huh. Yeah, their okay. heads like probably explode. Well, yeah. well, it's then it's like again, well, what are you gonna do if they went into the weed garden? And then they went into the beer garden. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then yeah. again, what's what's the answer? Well, they're separated. And what happens in between? It's a festival. Right. Yeah, We've got medical. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to go back to so the car either way. I mean, and, that's happening either way, people. Yeah. That's, and, that, and that's exactly right. And here's the thing, though, right? What's not happening, what's actually good about this is now it's clean and tested. Yep. Right? Because right? that's some of the biggest issues. Exactly. Is bad stuff getting into places so one could argue um i think i can't forget their name right there's some of these companies actually go to festivals and they test everybody's 
Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, you dance, dance safe. Yeah, like dance, dance safe. safe. Yep, there that's what go. I was just that's thinking. A, remember? Yep. yep. So that's a, it's like you want that, but it's also this very gray area as a promoter by having them there. Yeah. Because you're kind yeah. of like, am I you're like admitting? Am I like, am I, like am, I, the... am I raising my hand about what was going on here right now? Yeah. 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 Um, but so I... it's a very tricky in that landscape, but ultimately I think that's been the fundamental. So, well, so Northern Nights we called it the Tree Lounge. Um, I think as you guys probably Ooh. know in cannabis, you also try to come up with names so that when you're uh, IRS codes. Yeah, I like the tree lounge. The tree lounge, right? <laughs> that's You're dope. Up in the trees and you're lounging. So that's what we called it uh, in, in Northern Nights. You guys should have uh, hammocks. Huh? I imagine like oh, hammocks, hammocks in the in trees. trees you, know, you bet. Oh, um, and so it's interesting though, but we had to have it so secluded, right? Because it's like, it's all these fence, new fences, everything's tucked in. And so same thing on at Outside Lands with Grasslands, um, we worked it was two weeks after each other, but we were both working the whole, both of them very closely. And oh, wow. um, even with Grasslands, it was all in one secluded area. Now, understood it's the first time that we're doing this. Uh, sales went decently, right? And you could say like the brand, there's a lot of fundamentals that you got to understand when it comes to this stuff. Like first and foremost, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what Tide Laws are. Mm-mm. So Tide Laws in, when you get sponsorship, from an alcohol, for example, uh, you cannot uh, just the, between the concessionaire, the sponsor, and there's some rules about how the promoter can get paid based on success uh, concessions of alcohol. There's some ancient laws that are involved there about monopolizing and and kind of uh, I think it's trying to make sure that there's not conflict of interest between the promoter and the concessionaire, especially when you're feeding people alcohol. Yeah, you don't want to um, like force it on them and advertise it to them. So a lot of these sponsorships are marketing sponsorships, if you will. Uh, um, and so that's in alcohol. So if you look at cannabis now, it's kind of odd, right? Because that's in alcohol. You've got the concessionaire, the promoter, and the distributor, right? Um, but now in cannabis, you've got the distributor, but a, like the cannabis distributor. You've got the retailer, the cannabis retailer. You've got the promoter, but now you've got this cannabis event organizer, right? That is actually sitting in between the promoter and the distributor and the retailer. Mm -hmm. So that's like this fourth piece of the puzzle that we had to kind of massage looking at what's worked in alcohol, but at the same time fitting into the regulations. And what's interesting about that is that it all comes down to the relationship with the brand, right? Because the brand and the distribution costs are a little bit different because this industry is so young. That sure, you get a sponsorship for X, you know, tens of thousands of dollars from a brand, but then they show up with their product and what everything is individually wrapped. And it's like, oh, yeah. like, did you just show up with a tote that I have to count every single individual thing right now? Cause it's cannabis and everything has to be dialed to a T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's one thing if it's like a keg, right? A keg of, I could see this being a little bit more realistic down the road, which is I could see the normalization of some of these cannabis beverages. Because regulators and governments understand a keg, mm. right? So it kind yeah. of makes yeah. sense. And the margins are also there on right. beverages. When you get into these higher price things in cannabis with all of the regulations that are involved, there's it, you have to be very, very dialed in to try and get the margins that you could get in alcohol, right? Those are like, you know, Interesting. very, very large margins for a $3 pour that you're charging 15 at a festival. Right. Yeah, very true. Cannabis is so expensive already. That, you know, the cost to make it was 20 bucks. I'm trying to charge you 40, but 
three quarters of that is taxing is taxes in my cost. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's yeah, so little like tiny no margin in cannabis that you're trying to work with. So it's uh, you got to bring in the marketing, the branding. So that's like a lot of the logistics that are uh, that you kind of have to deal with. Um, and then after you've done all of that work, you can all you can find to one area like and then people ask you, well, how did sales go? And it's like, well, did I have five, 20 beer gardens around my fe- weed gardens around my festival where everyone can get it at all times? Yeah. You don't right. stick the beer vendor out in the woods and right. say, like, yeah. hey, right. everyone go find yeah. it. Yeah. You'll find them. <laughs> Put your nose in the air and go oh find them. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Well, I applaud you because I mean, Colorado is still struggling with cannabis events. I mean, I teach cannabis yoga classes and it's like an act of God to find a location <laughs> where we can smoke a joint and like Seriously, do yoga. Just for yoga. So, right. I mean, and I've been struggling yeah. with that for years and we are still not there. There's like maybe one or two places in, in Denver where we can consume like normally and that is about it. Right. And it's such a thing, you know, like you mentioned, you know, festivals, it's like alcohol is just like there. It's there everywhere you go. I mean, I was I was just thinking of like a lot of the festivals I went to. And you're right. There's like beer gardens at like every single corner. And you can like stumble into a beer garden by just like walking out of another beer garden. And, you know, exactly. And you can imagine like you think about like people are worried. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of these other festivals. What do we call them? Transformational festivals um, that are, uh, you know, alcohol free. And I bet if you actually had the records of like the health of people versus the alcohol festivals inclusive and the ones that are not, I bet there's a safety record that is probably better on the alcohol free ones. Um, but still, that's the one that's allowed everywhere. I mean, that gets into a whole public health argument and everything else. I think we all know where that's going. Now, what's going to be interesting is introducing the uh, mushroom garden in Oregon. Right. Denver, oh, my huh? God. Wow. <laughs> people are going to like have even more of like their mind fucked. Well, but it's so cool <laughs> that you're like figuring it out. You know what I mean? You guys are like bl- blazing the trail with figuring out all these regulations and how it's going to work. And because, yeah, mushrooms are going to be the next thing and you're going to have to figure that all out. <laughs> the, the mushrooms, I don't know, like that piece of the puzzle. Like, I don't It's like almost like you have to put like, I don't want to say a cage, but like a very like nice fluffy ball around them and <laughs> just leave them alone. Just stay with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just leave them alone. That's so great. Well, I think what's cool about all this too is that it's not just like, I mean, you're a very smart individual and then you've also got some big names in the business who are kind of behind it. And like, this isn't just a bunch of like people coming together saying like, let's throw a festival. Like you guys sound like you're legitimately going through the right avenues to put this thing together. And so I'm sure at least the local governments and the governments there have to realize like, at least it's like some responsible, like thoughtful, you know, people trying to put this stuff together. I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah. I, I, and you know what, at the same time, like uh, humbly say that, you know, this is like, there's bigger forces out there right now that are, you know, you talk about live nation you talk about these folks that are out there waiting for this to happen. Um, so there's a lot more again, I'm talking, yes, I appreciate what you're saying, but there's just like so much more that there's no way, like, I'm just glad that we could, like, set a precedent. And I hope that, like, I don't know, I, when I was 20, when I was 21, I wanted to throw the biggest party that I could itself <laughs> weed at it. And I did it. And I'm kind of like, How cool is that? I want to find a 26 year old that has that and say, here you go. And like, go. Get That's it. so cool. Uh, so, so let's talk real quick. So it only went off in 2019 and then. Yeah, that was the first year. Outside was, the Northern Nights happened. We were gearing up. Like we had all these lessons learned the, the next year, 2020, we were going to try to do the multiple gardens yeah. uh, oh, at yeah. different stages, right? That's the best way to do it. Is that each yeah. stage you've got a weed garden and potentially have like have a brand sponsor a stage? Yeah, totally. 
perfect right yeah. and like you could get super creative with that stuff right I, if you think about think about like insomniac and edc and those raves imagine like the weed area at those raves right with super lit up like epic like it could be incredible and you could have the best music like world music in the world right and the best weed in the world and yeah. you're taking it <laughs> I want to go. I, love I, I almost Me like too. envision them like every weed spot would almost be different. Like all the dabbers would like congregate at one and then you'd have like all the, the flower smokers at another one. And then one would yeah. probably be like the classy people like drinking a beverage and hitting their vape pin. And yeah. And you could put and you could then also do the music accordingly. Different right? music. You could have yeah. Like yeah. A little Seriously. more a little more electronic at the dab station. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the fancier upper at, you could have some like rock and some country over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you could kind of balance the programming with kind of almost like you yes. really want to get crazy with it with like the types and terpenes of the weed right? wow, oh, wow yeah there you go yeah you gotta oh man you, oh, max man. kobe yeah do you know max kobe from abstract yeah i know the name i haven't met him okay oh, well you gotta well, meet him you gotta meet him because he's all about like terpene experiences oh my god and yeah that's what it's all you about. guys can all just Shoot. do some crazy shit that's in like California. a match made in heaven we'll fly out Exper- for that shit experiential we'll that. uh weed oh, come on we've all We've all been matching weed and music, right, for a long time. Oh my time. god, seriously! And so that's like the that's the I think that's the, my favorite part about it is that weed and music go like this, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like even when you're going to like government hearings and everyone's looking at you and they're all mad and the supervisor's <laughs> like, "Come on, dude!" Like weed and music go like this. Like, he's got a, he's got a good point. Right. He's got a point. No, I love that. I think that's one of my things I've always said is like, those are my two favorite loves and they really do go so well together. I've always wanted to have a festival of my own and it was all just centered around like weed, honestly. Uh, yeah. But then it's just always, I mean, in Colorado, it's like an insurmountable task. Um, but well, I want to bounce. Uh, well, let's take, I mean, here's the thing, right? We've got some baseline here. Now you've guys got regulations. If you guys want to push this forward, like, like this, put it this way, the alcohol people are going to come in sooner than later. Oh yeah. Right. Tobacco is going to come in sooner than later. Right now is the opportunity to kind of frame it. And maybe even with, maybe they've got some lobbyists that are down to do it. Who knows if you need the cash for the lobbying. But back, we've got a framework. You can look up AB 2020. You can look up the regulations. Look at what your jurisdictions need to do. And oftentimes when the what you have to do is look at what your local temporary event rules are, right? And understand like, you know, like in San Francisco, right? One of the main things is, are you doing still all of the ball, all of the fencing, right? It's like, there's already special event regulations, there's yeah. already alcohol regulations, and we've got a baseline for what we've done in California. Yeah. Like you can tie those locally together, and at least in a proposed standpoint, maybe just, you know, leave the alcohol out of the conversation to start. Yeah. Um, I would say that usually here's a strong advice on this one. <laughs> the, do not include like the, the Bureau of, uh, alcohol control of the ABC, right? They leave them out. Of <laughs> they're they're in the beer garden. Like we're not messing with your beer garden. Mm-hmm. You're not involved in this conversation because as soon as they get their hands on it, right? And alcohol, big alcohol, is, they, we take away from their sales. Like yeah, I guarantee totally. you, if you really look closely at alcohol sales and add more data points, I guarantee you, weed will take away because people just get high and they don't want to drink. Yep. Yeah, I think of, um, are you familiar with a Rise Festival in Colorado? 
Have you heard of it? I would say that Rise is probably the closest thing to Northern Knights size, scale. I and figured vibe. it seemed like the same kind of vibe. And we got to For experience sure. it before. They're not doing it anymore, but they were really on, you know, the cannabis education. There was like, you know, some pop up booths with like hemp and things like that. But that's what you're missing. Yeah. Like, we all want to smoke a joint and like yeah. hang out at the festival and like you just have beer. And it's like, well, I don't want beer, you know? Like, there was, there was even like cannabis sponsors. It yeah. was like everything you needed. Minus but the cannabis. The legal cannabis. <laughs> yeah. And especially in Colorado, it's surprising. Yeah. I would say Rise, that's, you, you nailed it. Like for anyone listening in Colorado, all this thing I've talked about, Northern Nights, Rise, it's very good. Similar size, similar scale, similar vibe, Dope. similar artist. Yeah. yeah. And you guys so had the yoga, got, you had all the stuff, like the same components. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah. We're all trying to create a vibe, right? Yeah. It's a great vibe. Areas. That was our Hold favorite thing. That was the first time we ever went to a festival and we were just like, it was so magical. Oh, we were like mind blown. Yeah. yeah. Hit Steve's goods there. Yeah. Chill with his hemp plants. And it was fun. Well, it's been tough though, man. It's like, this was a very, it was very weird, right? It's almost like physically this summer, like my body was like, why am I not like running around with a walkie talkie right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily I had my second child this summer and I didn't, there was no problems at home because I went to a music festival. Yeah, party. there you go. <laughs> Turned out okay. Um, but uh, ultimately, yeah, it was a, uh, it was tough, man. It was especially when, right when we just like really knocked it out of the park the year before. Um, now it's like, what do you do? Yeah. All right? your momentum. So, look, looking for next year. Well, and right. And so looking into next year, I think it's, you know, right now, I think the proposals that a lot of folks were thinking about is, um, you know, let's say you have a one weekend, 8,000 person event. That's what we had, right? Camping. I think what we're thinking about for Northern Nights is, and Rise should probably think the same, right? I bet they were, are. I sh- actually, I'm not going to tell anyone what they should think. They can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> yeah, do um, but uh, imagine if you rent the venue for a month and you have, you know, 2000 four weekends of 2000 but everybody is glamping in rvs hmm. and spaced out with really clean porta potties and water and stations and um maybe drive in depending on how we are with the vaccine and in the first weekend is like ultra clean like literally like you have to show your covid test to even get in and it's where maybe we'll keep it for the L older group with some you know country rock dead grateful situation yeah. maybe we'll have the garcia brand nice. right from holistic up there the first weekend um then you know the second weekend kind of a little bit more flexible and then maybe the last weekend is the all the kids who already had covid and they just want to party <laughs> just want to yeah. party yeah just throw them all in the room together right i, I mean, it's all outside right so i feel oh, like true, if yeah. you have yeah. the right kind of like glamping like i'm using the word glamping but if you have people that are spaced out and you know how festivals are like, come on, dude, like, can you imagine that these music festivals are everyone's literally on top of each other for an entire weekend yeah. Yeah. and just like, yeah, it's already a cesspool, <laughs> yeah. right? yeah, just yeah. to be honest about it. So it's like, when you think about this, it's like probably the most hardest hit. And moreover, these outdoor festivals don't have all the facilities, right? It's all porta potties. Right. And so it's one thing if you have a venue. So I do see venues that have really clean facilities washing hands bathrooms and all of that i think they'll probably be able to get up and running a little bit sooner and when i say venue i mean like fairground full circle yeah yep. <laughs> like back fairground, they have facilities but everything is outside right yep. so that'll be i think they'll have a, those will be the types of places for outdoor events that can happen with true facilities then it'll be you know for us and all these camping events it'll be a little bit trickier um without you know i don't know like a 
freaking thinking of like a fire hose of hand sanitizer. Yeah. Like spray people. With <laughs> I know. Hand. I was just thinking about like what supplies you need. That's so funny. Yeah. I think that's what he'd do it though. And I feel like everybody would be into it. I know like this summer, nobody could really do much. So road trips were like a thing. Like people were in their cars, spending more it's time with the family. It's all outside. It's all outdoors. People go camping. Yeah. So I think people would be down. Uh, Why not? I want to come oh, and dude, in the people redwoods. need it, man. Yeah. We all need the relief. Yeah. This is different. People are ready. <laughs> like, they're itching. Seriously, uh, anything sure. anything to, like, see some music, people will be like, sign me up. So everybody, oh, yeah. like, put it on your calendar. I think I saw it on the website, right? You guys have it semi-scheduled. Yeah, it's, it's semi-scheduled. So it's next summer. I'll tell you, anyone who's believed in us, um, as you guys well know, like, especially independent festivals, we're not necessarily, uh, uh, well, we, we put it this way, it's, we're not necessarily just sitting on a live nation money right. that we can just go ahead and do whatever. Like we're really year by year, really rely on this. So, um, yeah, it's been, you know, it's going to be tricky. We're going to at least try to do something that's kind of reasonable and we'll see how this all plays out. I mean, it's a crapshoot right now, yeah. right? Like I haven't even, I want to first understand those pieces, let alone trying to go up to like <laughs> renewing the permit to a ro- local regulator right now and be in Humboldt County and Mendocino say, I'm going to bring 8,000 people from the city up here. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> like the local, like we're going to do what? Like, can you not talk about that right now? Like wait till this vaccine or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, did you say eight? <laughs> How many? <laughs> yeah. Eight. Are yeah. you watching the news? Eight, eight, very socially distant. 8,000. That's oh funny. man, that's great. Let's bounce back though, because you know, we, I want to, I want to, talk more about your experience as like a, a mechanical engineer and you work with NASA and your bomb stuff. And I think you had a great background and maybe I'll let Lucy ask the question because she's so curious about it. I just really want to know if you believe in aliens or not. <laughs> I mean, probability wise, um, I would say that there's, there's a chance. <laughs> there's a there's chance. A chance. <laughs> we, there's, there's a chance. Um, we saw your background. And my uh, first question was like, has he built a spaceship? Right. I thought I thought you were like uh, on we were, like that side on of some, things. I worked on the little Mars pod. The, actually, it was the windows. And here's what something that's really interesting, right? Those stupid windows on our spacecraft, they're the most expensive, one of the most expensive things because like everything else is rock solid, right? Yeah. Like material. And then we have to build these sight glasses. Why? Just so the damn astronauts can see outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that hundreds of thousands of dollars on this window and has no function other than pleasure for the astronauts. That's so to funny. look outside. Yeah. We've got cameras we can stick outside. Like it doesn't need to be like, can you isn't that a little bit mind-boggling that we yeah. put so much money into the astronauts' view? <laughs> they just put that huge one up on the ISS too, and it like it like stressed me out almost. I was like, that seems like a big hole in the side of the ISS for a window. <sighs> It it's it's it'll definitely get stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool! I love that you were from UC Santa Barbara too, and you kind of grew up there and went to school there. I was actually going to go there, and it was funny that you brought up your background in modeling. I am from the neuroscience side of things, and I was really into the neuroscience uh, program there at UC Santa Barbara because of their modeling the brain, and I was like super yeah. into trying to model the brain and they're literally creating like a brain map and have like this whole system that emulates the brain. And so that, I mean, modeling must be like a big thing there. You guys must have like excellent hippocampuses and can make great computations. I mean, neural nets was yeah. just getting off the ground at that point. And I guess actually full circle, like that's what we do at backbone is we just model weed though. Right. Um, 
And so we simulate your process all the way through the production line. Um, and just, I, this is what I, again, I tell myself of my student debt. I tell myself all the time that I swear to God, I went to school for this. I'm modeling <laughs> weed now. It's totally related. Yeah. But really, though, you are, though. It seems it's like so it cool. is. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate it. It helps me uh, convince myself it was all worth it. But I, <laughs> for sure, it, it's, it's interesting, right? And also from like the ground up, I think what we're doing is we're modeling processes for the operator. I think everyone, uh, you, everyone, it's funny, right? You've got like classic seed to sale tracking that happened for many, many years, right? But that was all based on cultivation and retail. That's when in Colorado, right? You had your medical shop, you had your grow in the back, and yeah. I'm going to track all my plants. And record my medical sales. Who cares what happens between harvest yeah. and final package? Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, I worked at a cultivation, and I, I will just like attest that they like they fucked over the cultivators with like everything. There was like nothing you could ever grasp and like help your operation. And when I was always no. searching for software, it was like, "What are you doing for the cultivations?" And they're like, "Well, well, nothing." <laughs> <laughs> well, first it was for retail. Yep. Then at least the metric MJ Freeway BioTrack. It was a little bit because cultivation was something, so they had you tag every plant, yeah. right? Um, which, again, it's kind of mind-boggling, but I, I won't get into that. Um, but then everything else, from harvest to processing and trimming, um, all of those, like all of those, like other systems, the seed were built for cultivation and retail, and now you have distributors, manufacturers, and processors, and all these middle supply chain. What other industry does a distributor use cultivation software? Yeah, none. None. So that's really where we focused was how do we solve like the middle of the supply chain problem? Because the cool thing about the middle of the supply chain, you got visibility upstream and downstream. Mm -hmm. And so we really kind of focused on building that part up and we found a really good, a sweet spot, right? Cause that's like a little bit more advanced in your seed to sale or very more advanced, but um, a little bit more, but it's still boots on the ground oriented for the operator. And then you've got all these big ERP, Microsoft, SAP folks trying to throw in their like big ERPs into cannabis. And like, you've got people like, get that thing away from me. Yeah, That's clunky. <laughs> like, I, right. Like, I'm just like trying to trim some weed here, not like <laughs> manage your pharmacy company. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And so it's a careful balance. Now, we'll see how this all progresses. Right. There is going to be bigger and bigger forces like pharma and folks that are going to get involved in this. If cannabis culture can like show the world that you can have high vibe situations yeah. right at your operations and maybe change the paradigm similar to what we were talking about with the water full circle mm -hmm. how the cannabis changed the paragraph and someone took advantage of that mm -hmm. like we can do the reverse right if cannabis can show how agriculture can be meaningful how appellations can be meaningful and all the hippy dippy stuff that we talk about positive high vibe stuff mm -hmm. maybe we can like show that in cannabis it doesn't have to be like disgusting tobacco corporate yeah. greed yeah. maybe i know that's like far i hope so fetched in some but i think we can do it but it's just going to take everyone to kind of continue to learn together work together and um i think that's the approach that we're taking both of the events and as well as what we're doing here at backbone yeah i yeah. love that i think it's cool i think you made a great point because i think we're kind of seeing that we're seeing like a battle between like like cannabis culture and then basically like corporate and privatized industry trying to creep in and then kind of take over. And um, we were all blessed with uh, a hunky clunky system, you know, in Colorado metric that was made by Franwell, which is just a standard software company. And I think DMV software <laughs> and, and kind of what a lot of these folks are missing is just understanding cannabis and kind of how, how cannabis works. And so even when I was working at the cultivation, I was working with a company called TH Suite in Seattle and they were custom building us a software and, 
I was just having to spend a lot of time just explaining to them like the process of like simply like here's what this is and this is a clone and it goes to this and the veg and the flower and then you know they're going to trim that and here's like the things that come out of the trim and here's the different products that come out and a lot of these people they just don't know that and they're never going to know that and so I think that's what you need you need at least somebody who like can speak cannabis or speak to cannabis people even if they're not like necessarily a cannabis consumer because I, I think you know these these big companies are just realizing that cannabis is different it's a culture it's established and um, and I think people want to keep it that way. They don't want it to be ruined like some other things have. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it's it's going to take a village, right, on all fronts. So, you know, I think we just keep fighting the good fight and keep growing good herb and um, keep trying to just maintain kind of some level of, like, good in the world. And it goes for COVID as well, right? I mean, we've been... It's wild that cannabis has kind of been an outlet and it's, like, essential business-wise has been something that's thrived. Um, but at the same time, uh, it, you know, you, I think you guys said it early on that 2020, it's kind of like it was a reset. It was like everyone got off the hamster wheel for a second and was like, what the hell? I'm like, what am I doing yeah. again? Yeah. Like, what are we doing yeah, here? Like, life. why do, why are there so many people crammed in here right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or what have, did I ever even stop to like, think about like my cost? Like, Hey, we're going to do a cycle count today and we're going to count or non-cannabis inventory. Like, I know that sounds really nerdy, but it's like, there's all the little things that when these industries, when the industry is moving so fast that all you're trying to do is keep up with it. I think it has allowed almost like a, like a settle down in the cannabis industry in a way to kind of take a different look on how what's happening and see kind of how we can progress from there going into 2021. Absolutely. I love that, Peter. Well, you are so interesting. I love all of your backgrounds and everything you're doing. Everybody should check out that festival. I mean, I want to go. So I can't wait. I'm going. We got to oh, go. Oh, you, you guys are coming. Oh, no, we're coming. We yeah. want to go. Sounds so cool. I got to test so out every keep, single weed. Uh, I'll, yeah, that, I, we'll, we'll connect on that for sure. Uh, you can, we'll just, well, what should, I should you guys know it after this. And absolutely, let's let me know. You guys would love to have you guys. You guys can maybe we'll do a little, uh, Lit and Lucid uh, podcast. Yeah, we want to do like something Lit and Lucid. Yeah, we're down. But with that, we yeah. have a final question Ooh. for you. Are you lit or are you lucid? I don't want to be that old yet. I'm going to just say I'm lit still. Um, I'm probably getting more lucid, um, but I'm going to try to uh, pretend. And at least these go- putting on these events still makes me feel super lit. And, <laughs> and when I re- <laughs> then when you reflect... <laughs> get loose. So I don't know. It's a transition, right? Like whereas there's energy and we're young and you get super lit, you also get lucid. So, uh, it's a trick question, um, <laughs> but I liked it. And I, that was a trick answer. Nice. I love it. Yeah. I swear, man, it's, it's like a simple question, but then we get a different answer every single time. And I haven't thought about it from like an age perspective and like hanging on to your youth, I guess. And that's a thing hey, that comes from a new dad. There you go. Uh, I swear I'm still lit. bro. No, I'm super lucid. Man. I totally. I love it. I got. I got you guys. That's you, haven't, epic. I you haven't started wearing those like New Balance sneakers yet. Um, you know what's funny about working <laughs> in COVID at home is like, I mean, at least I am wearing pants every day. I don't know about everybody, <laughs> whoever, whoever you are, you tricksters, not wearing pants all day, but shoes are not on as much. True. Nice. Yeah, that's fun. Oh man. Well, this has been a blast, Peter. We enjoyed talking to you. I think you know we're, there's going to be many conversations too. into the future. You're doing some great stuff, and I think you're a you're a wonderful resource for the cannabis industry and, and consumers. And I know we're stoked to have somebody like you bringing something so simple to us cannabis consumers of just having cannabis at festivals and 
but it really is something big, I think, for a lot of us. It's huge. Yeah, it's great. Well, humbly, thank you guys. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. I can tell that you guys are doing the same here. So, uh, and you know, everyone uh, stay strong out there. Um, you know, gotta, you know, only can't get much harder right now. So let's uh, keep keep fighting, and you know, let's go into twenty twenty one with open, lucid. And lit eyes. I love it. Thanks so much, Peter. (laughs) All right, you guys, with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.